Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort style amenities, and high quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at BrightviewSeniorLiving.com. Equal housing opportunity. This is a transformative time for Black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. Bootleg Cav Show special guest in here. Got the homie Dom Kennedy, man. That's right. That's right. What it do, oh, Bootleg Cav. Good to be here, champ. Yeah. Hey, so um, talk about, man, first of all, you've been on a run, a very underrated run the last few years between the half a mil shit. You yeah. put the album out last year. And then yeah. From the West Side with Love 3. Yeah. This is like your baby, this series. Yeah. It's kind of the, I remember the first time I heard 1997. Like, yeah. Just, this is kind of like the original was what really put you on the map. Exactly. Um, why now have dropped part three? Because part two was what, 2011? 2011. First one, 2010, 2011, 2021. Um, man, just the ups and downs of the music game. You know what I'm saying? Loving it. Being in love with it. You know, having some successes, you know, being underrated, getting to the label stage, taking meetings, you know, and just realizing like, like you said, my passion is from the West Side with Love. You know, one of of my staple, you know, I don't know, somebody asked me one day, if you had a book about your life, what would you call it? And I was like, from the West Side with Love, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And um, so as I'm, you know, after working with Hit Boy, let's say maybe 2018, 2017, 2019, last year I put out Rap and Roll. You know, I kind of kept the songs that I do a hit separate from songs that I create on my own with other producers. And then we started working and I did a couple solo songs. And I told him, like, man, you know, he was really inspiring me in, like, mm. a different way with my music. And I told him, like, you know what? I think I could make From the West Side with Love 3, you know, and I need your help, you know? And that was kind of the beginning of it. And that was, like, a year and a half ago. You know, it's crazy the just the relationship that you guys musically have put on paper the last few years yeah whether it's the half a mil shit or whether it's like i feel like hearing you on records with like nas like just certain shit that like you never thought you would ever hear and i feel like what what like like one day we'll look back at like the last few years that hip boys had and just the magic that's coming out of his studio the relationships that are happening amen um you know 
the shit he's doing with Sean, the shit he's doing with Nas, the shit yeah. he's doing with you. And I, I, I just think it's real special. Like, what's yeah. that energy like over there? Because anytime you go over to hit spot, like, you never know who's going to be in the studio. Never know. And he brings so many worlds together that wouldn't be never, together. Yeah, never know. Bring so many from, you know, producers to mm-hmm. engineers, like the engineer I work with now built the relationship through working with Hit, you know, and um, several artists, even collabs that's never come out or, you know, we never done any music, you know, people like Anderson Pack, you know what I mean? Like people like Sweetie, you know what I mean? Like they'll literally be in a studio on a random day, you know what I'm saying? And the collaborations is open. So when you hear me with like Quinn Miller or like Nas, for instance, on the courtesy of Half a Mill, those is just coming from everybody just building. Me on Big Shine album, you mm-hmm. know, that that's coming from us eating together, sharing music, sharing ideas. Somebody playing, Sean maybe playing a verse and then me being like, I could try, I could add something to that, you know, and and it end up on this album. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But that's all directly related around Hit Boy. Like, he's like the sun, you know what I mean, the solar system. And we are our planets, but we are moving around bro's energy and his spirit. You, know? you, you were on Burden of Proof too, right? I was, yeah. exactly. And that's and like I, something that nobody, I, I would never man, ever think that Dom and either. Benny would be on a record together. I never had no relationship with nobody. Shout out to Benny the Butcher, man. Obviously super talented, you know, East Coast MC, mm-hmm. but it, it's no connection there outside of Hit Boy. You know, that's, oh, what? Hey, I'm doing an album with Benny. He He's six, seven songs in. That's what's up. I'm listening to it like, damn, bro, hard. You know, he coming in every day working, listening to beats. Just see his process was different. So in the instance of that song that I'm on, you know, just seeing how he took his time just mentally writing. He didn't write nothing down, but he would just walk around, listen to the song. And then I'm like, again, like, yo, I could contribute. Mm. That's a big factor for me. That's one thing that me and he always talk about. It's like whether it's a Dom Kennedy song or not, I always got something I could contribute, even if it's just insight, even if it's four bars, eight bars, whatever. I always have something to contribute and just being in that environment and people knowing who I am, I think as well, obviously, you know, allows me to them to be like, yeah, go ahead. You know what I mean? And then like in the case of that Benny song, just dropping that hook and then being like, damn shit hard you know what I mean and then next thing I know it's out and people are like I heard you on Benny the Butcher album right, 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 like, right. yeah that's what's up you know what I mean you talked about being like underappreciated underrated yeah that's, I feel like your whole career that's kind of been the story right you like, said that I didn't say that no you just said that <laughs> didn't you just say that I don't know you said Did I say that yeah you said that <laughs> alright um, but what is the uh, like for you yeah I feel like you kind of been the people's champ at LA for for, for your sure. whole career you yeah. know what I'm saying and 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 you have like an extremely hardcore fan base that just fucks with you and they yeah. fuck with you over all this time like we yeah. think it's been 11 years since the first from west side would love yeah put my first project out in 20 2008 man so i've been in it for a minute you yeah. know what I mean? for sure 13 plus at least you know what do you think is like um you know the reason why maybe you might still be a little underrated or why you still kind of fly under the commercial radar a bit. Well, I never embrace fully commercial success, you know, never chase like fully commercial um, approval. I don't want to say records because to me, a song is just a song. Right, you know right, what I'm right. saying? It's certain things that you have to do, obviously, if you want, 
you know, maximum spins and exposure and to fit into, you know, what they call now playlists, but just fully never embracing. You know, one of my homies that really know me, he he told me a couple years ago, like, man, he felt like I kind of did everything but, like, embrace the rap game. You yeah, know I was going to say, you feel like you're in the rap game, but you're kind of like an outsider right, of the rap exactly. game. Right, exactly. And you're, like, yep. at peace with that, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, But, yeah, and, and that just him saying that kind of made it more more, like, put it on my conscience more to like I don't want to be a anti a, you know the rap game so it's not like I'll go out my way to embrace it or do things even like the features that we just was talking about and things like that but that's probably things four or five years ago I probably wouldn't even I was gonna a, say old Dom like I yeah. felt like like seeing you on all these albums and I projects just wouldn't have been was, available right you know for stuff like that but just understanding my position in it and how important it is to myself and others like and once my real you know somebody that really love you and know you you know pre the rap game and all that really tells you something like that you gotta listen you know and so i did i did take it to heart and i began like you know just examining everything just helping more people and and myself even you know where i could yeah no i think like um you obviously as far as like you had other opportunities too right because i know there was a point in time where everyone was trying to sign you yeah um at the peak of mmg i know you guys had conversations like yeah what was like were you always just like, yo, I'm gonna do it the OPM way? Like, I'm, I, you know, like, like, why, why did, why did you never really take that bigger step as far as like, um, never ownership was never on the table, and I always more than anything, more than being a celebrity, more than being super rich off, of, you know, whatever they could offer me right. in, in any way, I always wanted to be a CEO. You know what I'm saying? That's like important. I always wanted to be a CEO. I always thought of myself as a CEO. And I always felt like I was smarter than just what the microphone and the instrumental had to offer. You know? And I and I and my only thing was it wasn't a fear I had, but I never wanted to just be diminished. Like as good as I could be as a rapper, as an artist, I never just wanted to just be that. You know, that would have felt like a failure to me automatically. Like if you try, if I had a room full of plaques and like a pile full of money, like Looney, like uh, DuckTales. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I, and I was just a rapper. I would still feel bad. Because you, you're not fulfilled. Because I was, yeah, it was, exactly. I would just be disposable, you know, artist based off of whatever song I was, people deemed was tight, high at the time. And that would be it, you know, and I would be just chasing that. Well, how how serious were those talks? Because I remember Ross had talked to you and Nip at that time, and Wiz at yep. that time. Yeah. Um, how yep. how serious did those talks get? Um, where where MMG? That was more like uh um. Obviously, I was a lot younger then. I was still am and was a big fan of Rick Ross. You know what I mean? And so that I, that was more predicated on, you know, somebody that was heavy in the game and still is, and somebody like myself who was up and coming who hope to be you know get good at this shit get great at this and just trying to learn you know like from them um i had other situations with major labels that was a lot closer to being a real you know situation but again when it came down to ownership and to opm being represented the right way in the deal it never really sat right with me. They never really saw the full, full potential of like what it what it was that I wanted to do and what we was capable of doing. So again, it was easy for me to say no because if all I was gonna be diminished to was like an artist on trial, 
I had passed that. All the artists that they was trying to do that with, I had did more shows than them already. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had sold more T-shirts than them already. You know, like, we was doing venues. Like, I wasn't interested in none of that, you know? I was not genuinely in my heart. I was never really interested in any of that. What would be some advice you would give to, like, a bubbling artist? Because, obviously, you came up in a different era when, I mean, I really feel like it was kind of like peak blog era yeah too dope boys yep. not right you yep. know what i'm saying when i was starting out and, and we was first getting noticed yep yeah. it was coming out of um, that it was, diff- it was free diff- music yeah it was a different time and i also thought it was dope because there were so many curators that really had power yeah because like maybe shake and mech fuck with you over here yeah so if they post you like rap radar might put you know what i mean yeah. it was now it's like very few people in charge of these playlists right. that can make or break people's careers. But at the same time, like there's other ways to build a organic following and to monetize being an artist. If you could figure out how to get those fans to, you know, spend money with you. But in 2021, what would be some advice you would give to some upcoming artists that are kind of bubbling? Mm-hmm. Like just, just to kind of, you know, whether or not it's to stay independent or to sign or just some things. Man, that they can do. now it's a different game. You know, it would depend on what you what your intent was coming in. You know, my intent was to build a label. I was inspired by Jay Prince, Master P, Suge Knight, Sean Combs, Russell Simmons, people like that. That was the type of legacy, regardless of if anybody wanted to box me in as just, you know, in a blog era rapper. That's how I honestly saw myself in my label, you know, and, I, and I'm still working towards that right now. So if you're an artist coming in right now, you might need a label to push a record because, like you said, it's so many gatekeepers now and the game is so in a twist. I can't like I don't see too many people that could do what I do. That's just being honest. Mm-hmm. That's just being honest. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, I never did back then, and I don't, especially right now. Because to do what I do, you have to be really great. You have to have a lot of, you know, that's why I only really fucked with Nip coming up. Right. Because he the only one that had the courage and the, you know what I'm saying, the talent and to back it up. You know, and to go out there, like how we was talking before this, you got to go out in your hometown and do your thing and around the country as well, around the world as well, and represent, you know what I'm saying, and let people see that. And it's like, if you can't do that, if you're not willing to do that without no machine behind you, you can't play in my game. Mm. You can't play. It's impossible. It's impossible. You know what I mean? I did it a couple times, you know, multiple times. Um, And it's like, I, I would not lie to somebody and tell them, like, follow my footsteps. Because right, right, right. not everybody's it's, built nah, to, to walk nah, down that same path. Nah, not at all. You know, a lot of them, they need the system. Yeah, because if you don't got the system behind you, then you got to really depend on yourself. You got to yep. be willing to take risks. That exactly. Not a lot of you got to have money. You got to have insight. You got to be able to, you know, weather through a whole couple seasons, maybe, of just grinding it out with great producers. You know, me and, me and Nip in the studio with Mike and Kids for eight months. Them days is over, you know what I'm saying? Like, we had great producers, we had great ideas, but that led us to the victories and to the better days later. But it's mm-hmm. like, a lot of people, they can't they can't weather that. They want instant results, you know what I mean? It took us years of believing in ourselves 
and working on what we thought was good to be able to present it to the world. You know, I don't see that type of patience. Right, right, right. People, the yeah, the patience is kind of out the window these days. Yeah. People want instant results. Yeah. They, they want to put out a song and, you know. Instant gratification. Yeah, go viral and do their thing. And that's all good. But that that type of response takes like a, a system mm. without a yeah, doubt. Yeah, no, that kind and of response takes a bag. Exactly. It takes, yeah, it takes like a machine. It's a, it does. And I wouldn't lie to a kid and tell him like, oh, you could do this. Or you could achieve these type of numbers or these type of results without that. Because otherwise, no, you're hitting you the lottery. If you because it, it happens, but it happens very seldomly, right? Like some somebody independently gets a TikTok record that goes. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's right. like hitting the lottery, low right. key. Right. Yeah. Um. You, you mentioned like how you obviously you and Nip's relationship was uh you know a, a, a great one, one that was very important to hip hop. Um. You guys put out incredible records together. You guys were peers for. I feel like you guys kind of. Career-wise, we're parallel to each other the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, what was it about Nip from the jump that you guys just kind of saw each other as, this, you know, like he's one of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, we built the same way type Just shit. the neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? Where Nip comes from, I know that area well. You know, Lamar Park is down the street. You know, this is all actual factuals, not just rap. You know, and um, we got a lot of the same homies and knew a lot of the same people coming up. I didn't know Nip growing up, but immediately when I saw him, you know, doing what he was going to do in the music business, I understood it because I had that type of heart as well. You know, I had that type of heart as well. And I knew that immediately upon discovering him that um, this was somebody that I was going to work with. And, you know, our our um, our careers would be intertwined in a way, you know, and I chose and I chose to make it a good story, mm. you know immediately even before i met him you know um and so you know just meeting him i thought like you know he was brilliant he was serious about what he was gonna do i could tell that at a young age and i and the most important thing i love was the structure of the business i love you know black sam you know mm -hmm. paniche you know household names j-rock you know fats rest in peace you know these was like Kabi supreme these was like people that he really loved and worked with and they all respected each other and i thought that i wanted my friends and my family to see that because that's what i wanted you know i wanted us to be and eventually we had separate crews he had all money in i have opm but you know, when we got together, it was always like a family thing. You know, we had shows together where, you know, his family would be selling merch. My family would be selling merch. Simple as that. You know, trading secrets side by side on, you know, new technologies and things like that. Things that people never really saw. Right. You know, and that was like the those were the most important things to me. You know what I mean? To be there for him when... um he was trying to make something of his career when people maybe didn't believe in it, but I knew how talented and how special that he was for sure. It's just, you have, it's an art to, to this all, you know, and trying to get people to feel that through music is not easy, you know? No, it's definitely, I feel like you guys are always going to be synonymous with each other in terms of just the classic record y'all got. And, yeah, for and, sure. And I just feel like, you know, out of LA from like, 2010 on like you guys ha were built for the longevity like if you yeah. think about all the artists that came up during that era obviously yeah. it's kendrick j-rock but yeah but you guys kind of i feel like you guys kind of embody ownership yeah boss shit accountability yeah for sure accountability we used to talk about it a lot you know it was words that was thrown around you know and 
the great thing about it is now we ins- we inspired a lot of artists that's out right now mm-hmm. doing their thing, and to, that's the most incredible part is that the, all those times that we were sitting around trying to make songs and inspire people and you know find our fans and our voices and it's like now people really appreciate it you know and we probably didn't get that then and we wasn't in it for the glory or the credit immediately so it didn't really matter but I think the beautiful thing is like all the artists that's out right now that's having their career and having their way with it was the ones that was inspired and listening to the things that we was putting out you know when we was doing our thing um there was like this, uh, I know that there was supposed to be like some sort of super group with you, Nip, and was it YG? A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know about that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So like this like Nipsey, YG, Dom. Yeah. I remember like like hearing that this was like a real thing that yeah. was supposed to happen. Yeah, it was talks about it. Um, what, what what ended up happening with that? And like how far along did those talks get like um i remember we had a couple phone conversations about it like everybody had to get on the phone you know a couple people i think they just was surprised at that time and wanted to hear everybody voice together to agree with it because it was like speculation i don't even know who first presented it or came up with it but yeah it was a it was a little time where that was like on the table and i remember we had a maybe one or two phone calls about it where we were all on a conference call just in agreement with it and just you know just didn't end up working out nah i mean i think that all those careers was just going in different trajectories at that time and that was one of the things because we never even really got in and made no songs or like made no plans. It was just all like talks at the That's time. That's what I was going to say was like, th- so there was no music that was nah. recorded. Mm-mm. Damn. Nah, it was no like official sessions for that at all in any way. Um, do you do you still have unreleased records with Nip that, are, that may, may or may not see the light of day one day? Um, Me personally... I don't, not that I could think of. No, every single thing that I'm, I'm saying, I'm sure that there are songs that, you know, either myself, Mike and Keys, they got all the music, you know, they got some shit for sure. They got all the shit. Yeah. So I'm not saying that people won't, but it's nothing that I have that I'm like, oh, I'm saving this for Mm -hmm. this, you know, or like I have it for this or Nip did a verse or drop. Like, nah, I don't have anything like that. Uh, Double Up is obviously one of the highlights of Victory Lap. What can you tell us about your, your role in that record and how that record came came out man that was a beautiful evening man um nip had you know he was working on his album we went from like you know on the come up and in the times where we was really working together we worked together heavy like damn near every day for like a couple years all the time you know and then um when they got the deal with atlantic and i was doing other stuff i had traveled and did a couple tours and I hadn't really seen Nip as much for like a, a little window besides like shows. He came to one of my festivals in Anaheim. Um, Might have been day and night. I don't know, at the Angel Stadium. I yep, think yep, that yep. was, I the, that that, was yeah. a big one. Yeah. He came out and showed up for me. Um, And then a little bit after that, you know, he was working on the album the whole time, though. That's one thing I could say. Like, he took he was, his time with Victory He Lab. was always focused, like about that album and being adamant about it coming out one day how it was because I remember having combos with him years ago and him playing me songs that was still on our ideas that was you know way before that album came out so you know in the midst of all of that you know I would see bro and um he was like man come I got I want to play you the album he was he was camped out at uh what's the spot off vine you know it 
uh, Paramount. Mm. He used to have his whip right there on par on the curb. Everybody know that know him. I went up there one day and he was like, "Yeah, you know the music done." I'm just vibing, just listening, showing my support. He was getting tatted. It was funny because I remember he was getting blasted. The big all money in on that was a part of the rollout. He took his shirt off a lot on the yeah. campaign, so I was there the night he was getting blasted and he was playing me songs. And um, he was like, "Man, really? I just got one verse song that I really, really love that I haven't did two verses, but that could make the album." And he played it, and I just went right in the booth. And I remember he was getting tired, and he was smiling, just looking at me. You know what I mean? Recording it, I'll never forget that. And I could just see him through the window, and he was like listening to what I was saying, and he was getting tired. And um, it was just a cool night, man. And the next time I really heard the song, I really found out, you know. How it went down was really when it released. Yeah, like, you know, shit, Belly's on it. <laughs> being at the release yeah. party, yeah, exactly. And then hearing, you know, exactly what Belly had added to it and just the final project, man. And I just thought it was like of the highest quality, you know, not that it's not, that's what I expect from Nip, but I was really floored by how well, you know, he was able to weather the storm and really get his vision all the way out on the highest level, man. man. I'll, I'll forever be proud of him for that. Yes, it, it might be my favorite song on Victory Lab. It's one of them, man, but it's, it's it's crazy because like I just think like, what if Nip was still here and he was over there at Chalice with with oh, what's going man. on at Hit Boy Spot? Like I, feel I mean, like he him made and rocks were, in the middle. That's what I'm saying. Like they the just last, were getting, they were man. just getting their 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 like, you know what I'm saying? Like just imagine. Man. The I crazy think about collabs it every day, that would, man. would be coming I know. out. I know. I think about it every day, man. That was the last place I saw him and spoke to him at in Hit Boy um, Studio, finishing racks in the middle. Yep. You know? It's crazy, man. Yeah. Like, R.I.P. Um, the great. Hey, what up, man? We got to interrupt the interview real quick to tell you about our family at Odd Socks. Now, when I be riding for Odd Socks so hard, man, it's because I really love the product. They got the most comfortable socks in the fucking world. I got a pair of Odd Socks Basics on right now. Go get those. They got the socks, WWE joints, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to The Undertaker, Pepsi, motherfucking, really whatever you need. Some weed socks, Nickelodeon. But really, they got the draws now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm holding a, a pair of Tapatio underwear right now. You want some Pop-Tarts on your dick? Pop-Tart draws. And these motherfuckers are so comfortable. Like, man. So listen, you got to go to oddsocksofficial.com. And use the uh, promo code, the discount code BOOTLEGKEV at oddsocksofficial.com. You'll save 20% off underwear, the most comfortable socks in the world, crazy licenses. Not only they got the WWE, they got the Scarface, they got the Street Fighter, they got the Nickelodeon, they got it all. So make sure you hit that website, oddsocksofficial.com. Save 20% off with the promo code BOOTLEGKEV. All right? Go do that. Shout out to Odd Socks. Let's get back to the interview. You got to help me understand, man. When or how can we get the original on the DSPs and the yellow album on the DSPs? <laughs> okay, those those are real expensive. I say that a lot. My fans know because of all the features and the sample clearance. No disrespect to that Piff and their, right. and their app. Oh, man, they have nothing to do with Shout, it. No, but I'm just, I'm just saying that <laughs> yeah. if I want to listen to, you I got to go, go to that Piff I know. or I got to pull up the YouTube. I, recently, or, I just almost been like, you know, fuck it, and let's just take our shot and just run it. See you what know happens. what I'm saying? You, <laughs> see what yo, I know we'll get sued, though. But so you might I'm not. Like, so listen, Static Selected always told me this because he samples every all his shit. Right. I don't even want to air his shit out. Like, <laughs> but he's like, hey, bro, fuck. I, if if I get sued, that means the record's doing something. Yep. Facts. 
Facts, man. But with the again with the guest features on there, with the paperwork that they tied to, you could imagine that yeah, they're not gonna the let guest that feature go. Shit might be tough. I got Rick Ross. Unless you Kendrick just throw Lamar. it up without it without it having any of the features on it. Like right. like the track list is just it doesn't say their name on it. Like oh yeah, they're that, on there. I would have to. I would have to if I went that way. But I have been in discussions. Um, we working on some, maybe a little anniversary or just some fly, like a relaunch for that one. That would be special, man. I definitely want to do that before um, sooner than later. I will say that. I think about it a lot. I've been in discussions with, you know, people that don't even have nothing to do with me, honestly, but yeah. just that just want to help that's in tune with business and music. And they're like, yo, you know. Look into this, this, and this. But it's a process, you know? It's like Wiz finally got Cushion Orange Juice on the DSPs. Exactly. And then, exactly. you know, I was exactly. just... Big Crit got all his old shit on exactly. the DSPs. It takes time. Joey Badass. Yeah. And the era like that you guys albums. came up, like, they were mixtapes, but they weren't. They were right. albums. That it was, was free like the, music. It, it was, was just free, free music. music. It was yeah. great music. To me, I always made wanted to make my music as albums. I always tried to keep that integrity, but... It was free music back then, you know, so I don't feel cheated. I don't feel, you know, bitter about none of that because in, that's how I made that music. You know, I knew what I was doing going into it. I came off the era where they thought the music business was done. That's real. You feel what I'm saying? Like, people forget that when they ask questions and they think like, oh, da, 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 Spotify. Like, nigga, I don't think about Spotify when I make songs. I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I was around before that. Like, I think about the fans. I think about what I want to say. I think about great music. Yeah, because back then, you guys had to figure out how to monetize everything else exactly. but the music because you were dropping that free music. shit died tomorrow, I would not give a fuck. You feel me? Like, I would still do my thing. I would still figure it out. I would still make a way just like I did before that. That's all they result of trying to be in the music business like that. It doesn't really affect like my process, you know, but at the end of the day, I want to get the flyest music possible to the fans. So that's where we have where I have to deal with it. You know, yeah, it's 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 definitely um, I feel like with a lot of like my favorite artists from that era, it's like, fuck, like J. Cole. I just saw him at the forum and he performs some shit on Friday Night Lights. I'm like, only if we could get Friday Night Lights on Friday. <laughs> It's not, yeah. See, <laughs> you I wouldn't know. Like, but yeah, I imagine it's a lot of artists and a lot of great, you know, music. Like back in the day, yeah, we old probably, school Wale tapes, yeah. like all that shit. Like, like yeah, you want to buy a certain movie on DVDs? It might not be at Best Buy. That's real. You feel what I'm saying? Like that's that's how the game goes. Sometimes I was looking for the Mac. You know what I mean? <laughs> on DVD, I be trying to find shit. Oh, I'm like, can like, I buy it on Amazon Prime? Exactly. And like shit, I gotta Some get of that the DVD. Shit hard to find, you know. Um. As far as the CEO shit, man, like obviously, you know, you've been building a OPM for a minute and, yeah. you know, you, you got some really dope, talented artists that you've been working with over the years. Shout yeah. out to, to Nico 4G. And, G4. Or G4. Nico G4. He, yeah. I remember he came and freestyled, killed it with you. Yeah. But um, what is like the roster looking like now? Um, we Man, we about to expand. 2022, we expanding right now. We still got Dom Kennedy, of course. We got J305, Nico. Shout G4. out to Jay, who's one of my the funniest yeah. motherfuckers alive. Yeah, exactly, man. That's my homie. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's a small roster. You know what I'm saying right now, but I'm expanding, man. I don't want to say like what I got going in the works right now, and you know, put it all the way out there. But definitely in 2022, you're gonna see some new artists come out on OPM. You know what I mean? And the whole vision is going to come to fruition for sure. So and look you guys forward were doing to that. Distro shit with, like, Interscope was kind of your partner on, on, on some shit, right? No, they wasn't. Or They was trying to sign us. but That's what it was. Yeah, they was trying to do a deal with us, but mainly just with me. You know, and J305 ended up 
at a point he had a solo deal. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. he had a solo deal for his uh, first album. Came out officially through Interscope, but no Dom Kennedy music, nothing else ever came what's out. What's the latest? Uh, what's going on with Jay? He's about to put out some singles. Hopefully sooner than later. Probably top of the year. You know what I'm saying? But he's working on some singles right now, playing me a couple, you know, songs. But Jay is Jay. He gonna do what he do. You know what I'm saying? He official LA, so it's hard for him to kind of like. Be, he's an L.A. celebrity, and then it's the rap game. Right, <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, no, for the sure. The L.A. celebrity kind of always takes precedent over the rap game, you know? I mean, <laughs> we we, I, we all got friends here in the L.A. hip-hop scene that, yeah. that are the same way. Exactly, um, exactly. You talked about being influential to a lot of the artists that are kind of doing their thing now. Yeah. Um, someone who I always kind of, when I listen to, I always reminds me of you is Larry June. <laughs> Larry June, yeah. I feel yeah, like Larry yeah. June's like the like Bay's Don Kennedy low <laughs> yeah, You know what I'm sure. saying? For sure. Larry June, man. I look at him as the Bay's Larry June, man. For but sure. he's been he's been killing it for years. Yeah. But I'm glad to see he like he's someone who's finally starting to get a lot of like looks, but like Well deserved. Um who are some people who you like that that you're fans of that is a part of the new generation of the rap shit that you're like, shit, Yo, I Blast. See- Blast. Um Don Tolliver. You know, I really like his innovation. You know what I'm saying? Um, shit. People like Meg Thee Stallion, you know, and Jason Cash. He another artist Jason's that crazy. just came out. out. Carson. Yeah, from Carson, exactly. Yeah. Chopping it with him, you know, and Bino Rideau. Obviously, you know, I was just at Bino's show last night, you know, and all of those people is kind of like loosely intertwined in, you know, music that I had probably a decade ago. That helped them kind of see themselves in the space that they in right now. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, that's important for me. But those people right there kind of stick out the most. You know, meeting somebody like Blast and them truly like knowing about my catalog and like what year certain shit came out mm. and where they was at with it and then seeing the success they have. You know, it definitely makes me feel good because it's like, all that work didn't go unnoticed. All that music, you know, we I'm real sincere about this shit, you know, making music, being an artist first and foremost. And so when you see other artists flourishing and doing their thing and they just randomly might shout you out. A lot of people was hitting me like a year ago when Don Tolliver was doing his press run and he was shouting me out a lot on on like bigger platforms and people was kind of like thrown off by it. But you know, I understood it because I've done shows for years in Houston. Right, 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 right. You know, for years in Houston, no coverage, no big, you know, hoopla, but selling out shows. And I'm like, these are the type of people, reason why I was out there selling tickets mm-hmm. and having fans. It was kids like that that was probably in high school doing their thing, whatever. And they was, for some reason, they gravitated towards my message and my music, you know? No, that's crazy. Yeah, there's definitely like a, I feel like, you you know Phoenix is where I'm from And I know yeah. that's a big market for you But yep. You have like your certain pockets of the country Where motherfuckers just show out for you Yeah Yep Arizona D.C. You know D.C. is big for you? What? That's crazy Hell yeah Yeah Hell yeah Shout out to D.C. Maryland, Virginia Period But like My show in D.C. I like Howard Theater <laughs> Silver Springs, Fire. Maryland <laughs> Cracking Crazy Cracking Yeah for sure For years though Years like this is not new, you know. This like years supported me for years, you know. Atlanta, Detroit, you know, for real. I, these is places that's like filled with real people that really, you know, on a random day during the week, you know, in, in bad weather, you know, will come out and pack a venue for me just to see me, you know, do my thing, and and I definitely appreciate it. Um, 
you also always have like a, a banger on deck with T Fly. Yeah. T Fly is someone who um I think maybe doesn't get enough flowers like you know T Fly right. had the, the the uh this dick record that was that yeah, was huge. Yeah. yeah. Um but yep. like you guys always have have a record together. Yeah, I feel like it almost feels like every project. See, Fly is like my brother, man. Like he, w- it was funny because okay, in that era where I was talking about, about working with Nip and doing all of that, I met T Fly during those times. He had the studio in the same building next to us. Okay, but I didn't know T Fly. But every day, all he used to sleep at the studio. We would leave. Like we kind of was having money a little bit. You know, we had cars. T Fly was on the come up, about to get a deal with I think Sony Epic, whoever he had his deal right, with. Right, right. He was trying to get that deal, and but we, I was so I was hearing all the music that he was recording that wasn't out, and mm. that's how I got familiar with him. So by the time I'm working on Get Home Safely, and I remember I was somewhere at a truck stop on the road one day, and somebody came up to me, and it's a true story, like randomly, I swear to God, like two in the morning, I'm at a little thing looking through the little glass, about to get a ginger ale or some shit, mm. a water, and the dude's like. He's staring at me. I'm obviously like, okay, he going to say something about music. And he asked me, like, how did you know to put T-Fly on that song? And I was like, damn. I mean, I guess that's how he looked at it. You know, like, it just came out of nowhere. But now, when we was recording, T-Fly was in that same building recording. So I was hearing his songs every day. He was recording three or four songs. And I realized I knew the songs before they came out. Oh, wow. Because I was hearing them play them all day while we was just sitting there eating, chilling. I was hearing them. So by the time I got to doing Get Home Safely and I had the beefer still calling, I I I went in his room and I said, could you do a hook for me on this? And then I'll do the verse. You know what I'm saying? And I sat there with him, and he was like, cool. And that's really how our collaborations really started working. You know what I'm saying? After that one day, it was like a Saturday, I remember. And I was like, man, I got this beat, bro. I think that you would kill it. And we did Still Calling that day. And then I've been working with bro literally ever since till shit. I seen him last week. I was going to say, yeah, you guys, I feel like you guys. Yeah, we never really fell out. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I understand what he does. And he understands what I do, and we always rocking. And um, you know, we, I put out an EP on OPM, like a five song EP, and I end up being on four songs, not intentionally, right, but right. just being on songs. But yeah, me and T Fly working on some a collaboration for the people. Man, I'm glad you oh, asked. Nice. So you yeah. guys are gonna put up like yeah, an EP on or? OPM? We gonna put out an album? Oh shit! Yeah. That's together. Be yeah, we already working on it. I was working on it before. That's a Bullet Kev exclusive. So a T Fly Dom project yeah. on the way. Yeah, I mean, on I feel like you guys have such a, a crazy chemistry. Yeah, we're gonna do a whole album. We already we already more than halfway in. I kind of put it on pause to finish the West Side Three, but that's how I got that intermission. And it was kind of like a warm-up to introduce and to keep the vibes going for the album. People will hear it, but we got a great, you know, we're gonna put out a great body of work, 2022. How many records you guys have done? Right now, shit, maybe 12, but only like... Sounds like an album. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, probably really like three or four that I really want to keep. We right. got a lot of work to do, but we're going to put it out, though. It's already on the books, for sure. Fire. Yeah, it's already on the books. It's something we've been working on. Um, One of my favorite records of yours was CDC with you, Carter, and, uh, and Casey. Yeah, Veggies. Yeah. yeah, shout out Casey Veggies. Um, That record was incredible, and I always just... I, we used to bump the fuck out of that song, and... Was, was, did you guys ever talk about putting a tape out as like CDC or was there um, ever any sort nah, of like? It was just being funny, like abbreviating our names at that time. You know what I'm saying? The title of that song. That was a beat that Hitboy had through us. 
and we just a really, hip boy beat. That's that so was crazy. Hit boy. I don't even realize that yeah. was a hip boy that beat. That's one of my that's favorite why dumb I come records. through like that. That's yeah. so crazy. That was hip boy, and that was Casey Veggies just going crazy on it, like how we do pulling up, standing, you know, standing attendance. Bro got off on it. At my studio And then the rest is history You know But that was a Hit Boy beat That came out of a photo Or some beats That Hit Boy gave me That Casey had picked And just went what crazy What year was on. that? Was that 2012? Uh, 11 11? That was 11 So that was That was around the time Watch the Throne came out? That was pre that So that was it was like that. Right before that then. You could even say A lot of, That the The thesis for Watch the Throne Was that song <laughs> That's crazy Yeah You could say that That's Wholeheartedly crazy. You could say that That sound Spun off of that right there. That's wild, yo. So yeah. um, the album is out. Is there going to be another OPM comp- compilation? Coming? Man, I hope so, Young Nation. Man, thanks for asking. Yeah, that's one thing I've been flirting with. You know, what I mean, Nico G Four. He just put out a tape called Winners Tape. It's doing pretty well. And then just in the midst of like recording Westside with Love Three, working with Jay. You know, those Young Nation compilation albums are designed for everybody to shine and then to spin off and get fans on their own solo projects. Right, so right, right, right. it's definitely one. Like it was a big gap between the first one and the second one. And then one thing I've been telling. The crew is like We gotta do a better job If that's a platform That we have We we should do a better job Of introducing new music New artists Staying current ourselves With new ideas And new production Through those platforms So it's very very likely That you'll see A, a, a Young Nation Volume 3 In 2022 as well Do you feel like You're still like Learning Rolling with the punches When it comes to Doing the CEO shit Cause there's no like it's a There's learning. no real blueprint To it's anything not. right It's not And it changes every day you know, people in positions that you might meet and have a contact and then next you might call them two months later and they'll be like, oh, I'm not even doing that no more, but I'm mm-hmm. doing this. You know what I'm saying? So I've learned that. I've learned how to deal with producers, artists. You know, I've I've had artists now that have deals and then got don't have deals. And, you know, I had a group called Warren Brew. They was doing their thing. They don't. Was Warren Brew, that did, are they the ones who did, you guys collaborated uh, with the Red Bull, was it? Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They had a, I had a situation with Red Bull, but they're not a group anymore you know so i kind of have learned that it's like being a ceo and being having a true label is not like everything doesn't go as planned so hell yeah i'm I, it's it's ups and downs so Warren broke up yeah okay yeah means- officially you know that and that that's not an opm call that's a warm brew right, call like i collaborate with these people but mm-hmm. you know just going from Okay, this is something new. This is exciting to like, damn, they don't even want it. They're not doing it no more, you know? And you kind of got to accept that just like a label does. Like every artist that a label signs, maybe one out of what? A hundred of them go platinum. That's real. You it's know a what numbers I'm saying? game for them. Yeah, so you can't sit around and be like, oh, they don't, you know, so this didn't work out, so it's it's done. Like, nah, you just keep going. You, you take it as a lesson learned. You got great music that you made in the process and things that you learn, and you just apply that shit going forward, you know? But, yeah, I take a lot of... It's been more bruises on that side than anything, man. Being on the CEO side, it's tough. It, it, and for a point in time, it weighed down on my artistry as well, you know, because as I got older, as I'm, you know, I'm older now, so I wanted to, like, be more involved in business, you know, mm. and I was cool with being an artist. Obviously, I had made dope songs. I was a rapper, but it kind of started bothering me, I think, in a way, a couple years where it was like I wanted to be more in the business and more, you know, serious about that and help more artists. But it just wasn't working out So it kind of like You know Not soured how I looked at the game But just like It made it less fun I will say that Yeah I feel like when you start dealing with other artists And you start dealing with 
individuals in general, right, with anything, like, you feel like, yo, I've done all this. Yeah. Is, it, is it, like, hard? Like, I don't want to use the word babysitting, but is it hard to, like, <laughs> work with a bunch of different variables when it comes to being, like, a... Yeah. It is. This is what you need to do. It is. But you can't walk someone. It is. Because it's non-transferable, man. Right. It's like I work out at 7 o'clock, right? If I go work out, you don't get stronger. You know what I'm saying? You got to go. I could tell you what I'm doing. I could even let you come, you know, ride with me. You but like, if you don't want to do. This is time I'm going to be there. Pull up. Right. If, yeah. if you don't do the same things, at least, like, how could you expect the same results? You know? And it's non-transferable, so no matter nothing I tell you or try to pound into your head could really work unless you embrace it and do it yourself. And your results might be better than mine. Mm. You know, that's one thing I try to get them to understand. Like, I didn't do it the best way or the right way. I did it my way, you know, and what I thought was best at the time for me, my my self-esteem, my state of mind, you know, my heart. Like, I do what's best for that. But... That doesn't mean that you got to do what I do, you know, and do it your way. You know, take the good parts, lead up parts you don't like. I think the best artists that end up making it and having the most longevity, I mean, everyone has management and all that, but are kind of like self-managers, if that makes sense. You got to. Like, they almost like they're, like, if they didn't have management, they would take the initiative, yeah. they're self-starters, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You got to. You got to. Because um, I see so many artists that are fucking incredible, but the reason why they never made it it's maybe because they were lazy or they yeah. just didn't. Yeah. They just you got to be self-motivated, man. Nobody's going to, at the end of the day, your manager, you know, all of that, they following your lead. You know, they can only get you to believe and do and do so much, you know. And um, another thing is, like, people want to see us as the artists enthusiastic, you know. We got to love it before we could sell it to mm -hmm. anybody, even your manager, even your, you know, whoever. Like, people could tell if you really in tune, if you really are who you say you are, if you really are what you pushing, you know. And what you want is to attract people that believe in the same things as you, you know what I'm saying? And don't mind, you know, spreading, promoting, whatever it is, you know, your agenda, your product, you know? hundred Yeah, how are you going to... Ask someone to be enthusiastic about your shit right. if you're not. And you just laid up, like, you know, not really tripping. And you want them to be, you know, come back. Like, oh, I got you on Jay Leno. And it's like, what? Like, that don't happen, you know? Nah, they they look real. at it like that. But that that's not how the game goes, yeah, you know what people, I'm saying? Some people be too cool about their own shit. And it's exactly. like, yo, this is your shit. It's you got to love this exactly. shit. Exactly. If you don't love it, you cannot expect anybody else to work harder than you are to love your product more than you. That's a fool's game, you and know? And even, even like, when you like you know there's we're in LA right so there's always opportunities where people will get the ox cord in the studio like yo don't just play that shit and like sit back like, right you gotta like feel your shit in those yep. moments yep. you know what I'm saying and work your way up to feeling that if you don't feel that way be honest about it and keep going till you do you um, know? are you and Hit Boy gonna do any more Half a Mill shit yeah courtesy Half a Mill I mean originally it was a trilogy anyway so we, we've dropped two albums right. we put out the EPs just cause we was just learning how to work and what we was gonna be talking about but we've dropped two albums on courtesy Half a Mill which is me and Hit boy we gonna have at least one more for sure Fine. i don't know when it's coming out but we already you know what i mean it's locked in for sure uh anything else you got that you're working on any any sort of anything else you want to man just with my new artists um shooting visuals from the west i would love three you, you know just put out saying? the shit on the beach which was dope but mikey, yeah, keys, and mikey mars. keys deep thought mars yeah. k franklin you know what i mean check that out don't walk away with quinn miller i'm gonna shoot some of the solo videos now um 
And then 2022, I'll be on the road for sure. More new music. You know, I'm flirting with the idea. Obviously, I dropped the T-Fly information. But just, man, I want to stay consistent with the music, you know, as long until I'm done just with that part of my spirit. You know what I'm saying? And right now, um, I really feel like, not that I rediscovered something, but... It feels like you have, though. Yeah. I mean, thank you, Kev. That's, I didn't want to say I feel like that. for a minute, it felt like you weren't really like into this shit anymore. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of factors. You know, a little bit of what I touched on earlier about the business side and just certain things when things... You know, it, it, it gets like... Um, I don't want to say not being into it because I was always into writing songs right. and making music. And I do it by myself most of the time. So what is it not to be into? But... Um, just rediscovering that passion, you know what I'm saying, and that initial mission statement, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, and, and having great friends and people that you know and love, like here, boy, that to just remind you, you know what I'm saying, and, and support you through it. And that's an, initially, honestly, why I thought of From the West Side with Love 3 and why it was so important to me. And just seeing a, a you know, the it's only been out like not even two weeks. So just seeing the initial, you know, feedback just lets me know, like, okay, it is a lot. On the table for us And it is a segment of just music in general And especially rap Where it's like the conversations And the things that I talk about And the music that I talk about Is necessary You know what I'm saying And it's a void And I feel like it's my job to You know Shed some light on that No you're definitely I feel like you've been back in your bag The last couple of years man Thank you So it's, it's, it's been Thank great you. It's been Thank great you. to see um, Thank you I can't wait to hear the T-Fly shit Yeah Nah that it's gonna, gonna be dope be crazy. It's gonna be dope man It's gonna be on point Like we got We already got songs I'm excited about Like sharing That's why I feel You know real good about The music that we making And even saying that And, and just honestly Just us being It's really about when as artists and friends that we all see eye to eye and in a great space as human beings, you know what I'm saying? And that's when I feel like and what I've seen, like, you know, not saying we all got to have a grant, a lot of money or, you know, so far it's just, you know, just real life. And I feel like that's happening right now. And from the West Side with Love 3, I feel like it's definitely one of the reasons why, you know, and I want to continue that. Well, look, go get the album. That shit is fire. Thank you, man. Um, I'm sure more visuals are coming, like yes, you said. Yes, So there'll be some more visuals. Hopefully, we'll be hitting the road. Yeah, 2022. Mm. I'm looking forward to it. Probably like springtime. We'll be out there. A lot of special guests. Fire. You know what I mean? For sure. There it is, man. Well, look, thanks for pulling up, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 